so basically until I was about like 21 for, I thought magicians were really lame because I'd only seen bad magic. I'm like, oh, those are like clowns, losers, like magic's lame. Um, then yeah. <laughs> I met some magicians and realized that was true. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have for the podcast, everyone. Thanks for coming. And, uh- They're guys. They do magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen. Look at him as he sips his coffee. Is it number two or is it number three for the morning? We'll never number know. One, but actually. Number yeah. one, that's absurd. I would have never guessed that. You know what? <laughs> it's episode one, two, three of the podcast. This is a special time making it this far and having this sequential pattern. Uh, Nick, how you doing there, my friend? It's been a good week, man. It's been a fun, productive, crazy good week. How was your week? Nice. I mean, this week, yeah, yeah, I would say productive as well. I mean, we're only at Tuesday, so I, you know, it's not like. Well, a week has passed, you see, Josh, and a lot can happen in seven days. Oh, you mean since we did the last podcast? Right. Yes. Yes. Very very (laughs) busy with. People are unaware of our interactions throughout the week, strangely enough. Um, That's true. Yeah. yeah. I forget that stuff happens between the podcasts. Um, No, no, great week. yeah, probably not as crazy as you, but I'm sure we'll hear about it in our in our segments later on. Absolutely. And Doug, it's funny. Doug is away right now, so he's not on the podcast. But the thing is, he's away in Vegas. But our guest who's here today lives in Vegas. So how does that not, you know, that doesn't quite, that should have matched up somewhere that that would we work out. Right? Now, the question was asked <laughs> by our good friend, Bob Possible. And Bob, in truth be told, we did try to mediate this, but it's... um. Yeah, unfortunately, you couldn't manage to pull it off. But I think this is a perfect opportunity to go into the segue of actually introducing uh, not a magic guy, but a magic gal. That's right. She's from Perfect. Vegas. She runs her own uh, show, variety show, which we're going to talk about. And she's hitting the festival circuits this year. Lots to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Stacy Stardust. Friends, welcome. Greetings from Las Vegas. This is Magic. She says hello as well. <laughs> hey. You've got to have a cat named Magic. If, of course. If you're going to have a cat. Yeah. Okay. That's it's pretty basic, but. For the listeners of the podcast, you could be looking at probably what is like the most adorable backdrop for any uh, person who's been in like the YouTube entity. We've got some like cat ears and everything's kind of <laughs> It's rather adorable. Thank Welcome you. The Thanks. Good to be here. So for uh, anyone like now's a great opportunity, please tell us who you are, where you've been. Tell us all about you. We're dying to get to know you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, my name is Stacy Stardust. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am a magician out here, and I have my own show called Secret Circus. It's a magic variety show. So I host it, I produce it, and I perform magic and mentalism. And basically what it is, is it's an opportunity for performers who want to try out a new act. Maybe, you know, I've had people from Cirque du Soleil, people from America's Got Talent, Ripley's Believe It or Not. 
people who have never been on stage before, who maybe, you know, have just performed street performing. So basically people who want to try out new stuff. So it's a little bit like underground, a little bit risque, a little bit kinky, a little bit raw. So it's just a wild, fun two hour long show. But we have anything from, you know, like hand balancers, sword swallowers to poetry to rappers to glass eaters so basically any and every talent and it, it's been a wild fun time about to have our, our one-year anniversary so wow you know i this these venues and these nights are so important we used to have a couple of them here in melbourne and Ooh. one was top at tuesdays which unfortunately no longer exists and the other was the variety collective which i used to host with my good friend nick johnson and a bunch of other performers it was basically five of us and what we would do is on a weekly basis, we would rotate like who would organize um, like the, the, the folks who were performing about five acts each night. And it'd be a mixture of magicians or a music act or a circus folk. And these places were so for me, they were so critical in the development of being able to stand on stage, speak well, get your words out fluently. So you've been doing this this variety show for a year. Are there many of these? In Vegas town? I mean, like, other than like the mm -hmm. underground is the only one I can think of. Does this happen on a weekly basis? What's the deal? Um, no, there's some open mics, but it's typically either poetry or comedians. So this is the only like circus, circus open mic. I just want to take a moment. Hi, Bob. Yeah, Austin Lightfoot has <laughs> been in our show. He is an insanely talented uh, violinist. And he does electric violins with pop songs. So he like rocks out to some Lady Gaga and crazy ish on the violin. It's pretty nasty. He's dope. So thanks, Bob. <laughs> but yeah, this imagine, is. <laughs> I can only this imagine one the of... stories that would come out from doing a show like that. <laughs> and that's the oh, gosh. Yes. Act, right. Like, I mean, I've some, like, <laughs> I, I have this guy. He was a stuntman and he was awesome. He would come in on a little. Um, I don't know what it was powered with. It looked like it was powered by like a lawnmower because you used to have to like pull a cord to start the motorcycle. <laughs> and he would ride the motorcycle into the venue onto the stage and would just do stunts. Like he would wrap himself what? in glad wrap or chains or just do like really awesome stuff. I even, I've had break dances on there. I one time had a karate explanation where um, <laughs> I had this, had this chick who did karate and she was just punching through boards on, on stage and people loved it. And those places are so fun. You know, for people to develop their their routines and their acts in that way. Mm. With, Absolutely. With your, show, with your show, Stacey, how did it start, or what made you want to, you know, go down that endeavor? Yeah. So at the time, I was headlining a comedy show. So there is this uh, weekly comedy show, and I was doing, you know, 10, 15 minutes of magic to close out the show. And the person who produced the show found me from street performing. So he actually found me before I got into magic. I used to hula hoop out on Fremont Street, which if you guys aren't familiar, Fremont Street is like old Vegas. It's downtown Vegas. It's kind of the strip before the strip was a thing. And um, so I used to go down there and he found me, stayed connected on Instagram and he reached out. He said, hey, I'm looking for performers, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, let's try it out. And so that was my first time bringing my Fremont set, my street set to an actual stage. And I did that for maybe about five months or so. And then uh, there was a venue here. Um, one of my friends just bought out a bar and he spent a lot of money and time like redoing the stage and all of that, making it beautiful. And he just wanted to bring, you know, more locals and stuff into the bar. 
uh, he had hired hired me for a close up gig, and he wanted me to dress as a Vegas showgirl because I, I also do that. So uh, it was a um, nonprofit event for the governor, and so I came in my showgirl outfit, did close up magic for everyone, and he loved me. And he asked, you know, hey, do you have a stage show or do you have anything I want to get more talent up on this stage? And I was like, well, you know, I don't have a full show, but I have an idea. So back before the pandemic, I used to host a weekly circus meetup. So it was out here in the biggest park called Sunset Park. And every week I would bring my hula hoops, my juggling balls. Um, I had like a Diablo, some contact juggling stuff. I also used to be big into partner acrobatics, like acro yoga. So I would host this once a week and bring all the circus people together. And I would just teach people how to juggle or how to hula hoop or like we would pass juggle together. And just it was just my my baby. I love community and I love hosting. That's kind of my passion. And so I'm like, OK, well, that got shut off because of the pandemic. But I still have this love and passion for community and bringing people together. And now, you know, I'm being on stage. And so it only makes sense that my community to kind of bring them onto the stage and give them up that opportunity. So it's kind of given me, you know, the opportunity to work on my act one or on my show one act at a time and offer the same opportunity to all the other locals. I mean, it's Las Vegas, Nevada, like there's so many entertainers out here, but no space for that. So, yeah, it's, I said, you know what? I have an idea for a show. And he's like, all right, cool. When can you put the show together? I was like, uh, a month. He's like, okay, cool. I reached out to all my friends and put together my first show in a month and just kind of been doing it. Uh, at first, it was every other week. So every other week, I was producing a new two-hour-long show and also working on my own new acts and hosting. And after six months, I got a little burnt out. So now it's just once a month. <laughs> Amazing. And I mean, how big is this venue? How many folks are you holding there? Um, well, it, there's only technically 60 seats. So we always sell out, but there's standing room. So, you know, we usually get over 100 people and, you know, people flow in and out throughout the night. So it's it's a good size venue. It's very intimate. I, I love it. It's It's a lot of great energy. Yeah, well, Nick actually, Nick does going. a pretty, Nick does a pretty crazy circus freak act that he could probably show you. Um, I think <laughs> we're going to talk about it in our gig segment a little later, right? But um, I, so I just realized I can't just ruin what the story is. But <laughs> show me what you got. <laughs> yeah. now, one more question before we press on to the next segment, and uh, you did mention that you're a street performer, and I think that that's one of the best ways to cut your teeth as a performer because you either get really good or you go really hungry. So <laughs> I know that there's a um, uh, obviously in researching uh, who you are and what you're about, there is a wonderful story about you doing street and how the name uh, Stardust kind of came to be. Would you share that? Without without listeners, please. It's a beautiful story. Sure. Um, so first, I'll start by how I got into to street performing. Um, basically, I got into magic over the pandemic, and over the pandemic, um, you know, we were well. Actually, I got a little bit before the pandemic. I broke my leg roller skating, so I was kind of yeah. I was stuck at home. I couldn't drive because my foot was broken, and. I'm just like, shit, what am I going to do? Like, I'm a variety artist. I, as you can tell, I'm just a high energy, fidgety person. And so I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I can't you, do what I love. 
And because I have, you know, this weekly circus meetup, I had some magician friends who are also jugglers and all of that reached out to one of my friends and said like, hey, my foot's broken. Can you come over and teach me some card tricks? And he taught me a couple of card tricks. I practiced, practiced on my roommates. And I'm like, then my leg healed. And I'm like, all right, I want to like practice on real people. Because as you guys know, um, like you said, that's the only way to get your chops. Like with magic, you can't just, you can practice as much as you want on your own, but nothing's going to prepare you for practicing for real people. Like you can try to use like an automated like card generator or whatever, but you know, it's so different than somebody putting it in the deck and, you know, misdirection on looking here, looking there saying like, there's so much to magic. And so uh, I actually went out on Fremont street in Vegas here during the pandemic when there wasn't a lot of people out here and the experience that I had was so beautiful because the few people that were actually out on the, sh- the street were, you know, people who wanted connection, people who wanted to get out of the house, people who, you know, wanted to risk getting sick and just needed human connection. So they were so appreciative of the magic, you know, people were giving me hugs and thanking me. And it was just such a beautiful experience. And the magic that I was doing at the time, you know, was magic that was themed around focusing on your wishes and your hopes and um, making things magically appear in their hands. And it was, you know, giving them a gift to actually take home. And so that was my first uh, street performing experience. And I kind of got hooked on magic after that. And see the name. What's the story about the actual star and the gift that you gave away during? Yeah. um, Okay. (laughs) Beautiful story, and I really want our folks to hear this. It's it must be captured. Absolutely. Um. So you know, like most basic card tricks, I say go ahead, pick a card, and then I have them uh, sign their name on the card so that they don't have to focus on the card. So they sign the name throw it into the deck, then I shuffle up the deck. And then I say, okay, um, well, when I have them sign their card, I say, along with the card, I want you to focus on uh, a dream that you have, a wish, just something that you really, really want to have come true. And like I said, this is when everybody needed something to wish for. The government locked down everything, you know, people weren't working, people were hurting really, really bad, people were dying, it was hard times. And so I had them focus on a wish and something they wanted to have come true. And then they placed their their card into the deck, I shuffled it up. And then um, I had this cute little line, I'm like, okay, so I had you make a big wish. Now I'm gonna come up with just a small little wish. Uh, I want to wish that, um, are you familiar with wishing upon a star? So when I wish upon a star, I wish upon my favorite star. His name's Sam. I'm going to see if Sam can help me find your card. That's my wish for him. And I'm like, Sam, Sam, please help my wish and make my wish come true. And then their card has transformed. And their card now has uh, a sticker of a star with a smiley face. And it's Sam. I'm like, oh, there's Sam. Let me see if Sam made my wish come true. And then I turn over Sam and it's their signed card. Then I have them hold out their hands and I go like this, pop, and the sticker actually disappears, pops off. And in their hand is an actual star charm necklace that, and I'm like, this is my gift from me to you to help make your wish come true. So, Isn't that yeah. adorable? Oh, wow. <laughs> 
You know, especially as as a street performer, where typically you're out there putting your you, you know what you do on the line, and you, and you show people who ordinarily wouldn't have opportunities to see you perform, or even be able to afford to see you perform, and they are supposed to pay you for the privilege, you know, with whatever they have in their pockets to show their thanks, and you're literally giving back to them well well before they even put anything in your hat, and I just love that so much, so much. I think it's beautiful. Thank you for <laughs> and such a story. such a great routine. I mean. I think Nick and I are going to have to start stealing that. I'm sure we can get away with the same scripting. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> that's one cool well, thing I, about magic is that you can see magic to anything. So when I first, first started, like before the, the star theme, um, I did all of my magic with bananas. I was kind of went through this crazy phase. I actually went by the banana chick and I had, you know, like a half hour's worth of banana material. And so I used to do that same routine, but without meaning. And, you know, their card transformed. There's like a banana on it and then a r little runt candy, the banana candy, like popped out in their hand. Wow. <laughs> it would have been amazing if you worked in that booth as well, like in Arista Development. <laughs> <laughs> like in the banana stand, doing banana. Oh, magic. yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is the only, wow. <laughs> is the only issue with that that bananas don't last as long as stars? Is that why you changed? <laughs> um, I just realized that there's more to life uh, than bananas. Don't get me wrong. I'm still uh, obsessed with bananas. But honestly, you know, I was going through a hard time. And not only did magic help me get through that, but comedy. And so, you know, I, I dressed up in banana costumes and I juggled bananas and it was more than just magic. Like I did everything bananas. Like it was, you know, when I get passionate about something, I get very obsessive. And so a little crazy, but you know, so that was like my banana phase. We all got through a phase, right? Banana era. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. J Jason Mar and I, I don't know if, you, if the viewers have seen this, but in the videos we started making together in like 20, this is like, oh my God, my maybe eight years ago, but we did do a banana street magic episode. Stop it. <laughs> came up with like how many different ways can we, you know, produce bananas, manipulation bananas, like have predictions on bananas, Some something's inside it. So I'm with you. It's definitely a, a, a yes. like, ha have you gone through your banana phase yet, Nick? Or well, I <laughs> yeah. one of my magic challenges. Remember how I really on my, on my Instagram, right. I had this That's right. challenge. And, and what I did was I, um, I say to people like, uh, you know, give me a challenge, name something. Like if somebody says Lego, I'll do a trick with Lego. So chicken nuggets, I'll do a trick with chicken nuggets. And so uh, it's a nice creative feed that I, that, I, that I do for myself. And one of them was do a trick with a banana. And what I did was I basically indexed. <laughs> I indexed a bunch of bananas and then asked Siri to give me a number between one and five. And then I just took, like I said, four. So I just took the one that was cut into four as I split it open. And it was like, hell yeah. Just a really fun thing. So yeah, everyone goes through the banana phase. It's all part of being a professional <laughs> world class magician. And that's an awesome story. Speaking of awesome stories, I think we press on to our next segment. Ready, Josh? Well, not just yet. Give me two seconds. <laughs> no, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Now comes the and... Geek Story, the little segment where we like to talk about the events that have happened to us either in the past, present, or possibly even the future, because we are mentalists and magicians and we can do that. So, Josh, do you have a story this week? Look, my story, I did an event, an engagement party over the weekend, 
And the things that stuck stuck out to me were there's three things. One, it was very cold, and it was the, it was outside. The air was so cold that because I'm doing so much talking, the air kept hitting the back of my throat and making me need to cough. And this is something that is so unfortunate when you're trying to focus on performing, but you keep having to like control your breathing and not just cough every phase of your routine. Very frustrating. The other thing, because it was so cold, is, um, you know, I'll, I'll often do liquid metal, which if you don't know what it is, you can look it up. But uh, it's magic with forks. Anyway, I'll say it was so cold that no matter what I did, I couldn't perform the routine properly because it just made everything more difficult. And the third thing, probably my favorite moment, and this is the the moment that even though I did so much magic, but I did this for the um, the groom to be, is he's holding the cards in his hand, and uh, you know when just stuff just works, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like. So I'll, I'll explain this. And for those who, who do this will know what happened. But I'm like, name a card. He's like, five of clubs. And I go, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 30. Well, I'm 29, but I, I just turned 30. I'm like, wow. Check the 30th card then. And then it was the five of clubs. And everything out of my hands, it hits. That's the story he wants to like go around and tell everyone as if like I can do that for everyone. Like whatever their age is, it will be their card, you know. It's great. Anyway, that's my little my little tip of the hat for for this week. Well done, man. That's a great moment when you just sort of like you when you push that little nugget and every now and again it just works, you know. Bro, what uh, is with you and chicken nuggets, all right? You just keep <laughs> it I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. But great. yeah, it was no it was nice. But how about you, man? How about you? Okay, I'll how did you turn a lady What? Yeah. How did you make a lady look like your hairstyle right now a bearded lady oh it's just me with a wig bro like i don't know if you've noticed but it's you'll never see us you'll never see um nikita and i in the same room because we're the same person (laughs) well i will share my story and of course casey we'd love to hear a story from yourself but here's my story because i've mentioned this story on the podcast but i've never told it and the story involves flash paper. Now, for those of you who don't know what flash paper is, uh, you basically use a light and these little bits of paper, and you can do cool stuff with it, like make a pack of playing cards appear, right? So Ooh, yeah. that's effectively what I use it for. Now, in the very early stages of using flash paper in my career, I was using this to open my card sets. And I had changed flash paper suppliers. And typically what I was finding was some flash papers uh, will either burn bigger and quicker or some will burn longer if the bigger the piece of the flash paper. Now, this particular piece of flash paper that I got, like I grabbed this stuff, went to the gig immediately. This stuff was just burning longer. Now, here's where it becomes fun. I was performing on a booze cruise, which is effectively (laughs) a boat cruise that goes up and down the Docklands here in Melbourne. And uh, a bunch of people just get drunk on it. Uh, corporates, whatever else. I do these quite frequently. They're a good time. I do them with Magic Charters. Shout out to Magic Charters. Now, I was on the boat. It was the very first trick I was performing, okay? I was on the very back of the boat, which is called an aft, A-F-T. That's a really good word to learn if you're a Scrabble guy like me. And I'm on the back of the boat, and I get someone to hold a lighter, and I grab my piece of flash. I light it, and I produce my pack of playing cards, but... The paper kept burning. Not only did it keep burning, but the wind actually picked it up and it picked up the flame 
went past my face, over my left shoulder, and landed in the hair of the woman behind me. Oh, <laughs> oh my. In that moment, time stood still, and I was like, well, this is going to be the story of how Nick K had to swim home. And I was like... I was probably like a kilometer from like like the shore. Like it was it was a situation. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and thankfully, it was a booze cruise. And even more thankfully, they were already well and proper drunk before they got on the boat. So here's how it played out: flies over my shoulder, lands in this lady's hair. Her hair goes up. And I was like, oh crap! They're gonna throw me overboard. And she was so drunk, she just put it out like this. I went, I don't worry about it. I'm going to cut it tomorrow anyway. And that was, <laughs> wow. Shoot. And I went like it never happened. <laughs> Holy. Story. So the lesson is, if you're going to use any type of fash paper, even if it's the same stuff every single time, always, and I mean always, do a test piece so you don't have to swim home in the ocean. Oh, my God. Just to bring things full circle. So that's the story I was talking about that you could do in Secret Circus Variety Show. <laughs> and then the other reference was at the start of this, I was like, how did you turn a woman into looking like you? That's what I was saying because you – you know, you burnt all her hair off. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to go with this. But. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to extrapolate it that bad to be like, and now she's bald. Like I didn't want to give her. <laughs> it was literally it was long, beautiful, curly hair. It was like crazy curls, like way down to here. Yeah, and um, you know, yeah. You, it's a funny thing. Like flash paper, just real quick. You know, it's very usable and reliable. But every now and then, like it can be very dangerous um, when it has a mind of its own. And if I can in you know, while we're chatting here, our, my, our friend Christopher Wayne, you know, we did a show in a, a theater and just out of nowhere, here it is here, um, he, oh, it's going to, it'll play again in a second. He had flash paper land oh. in his eyeball and we've used this flash paper, you know, for over a decade and just all of a sudden it's a, it's a weird batch and it has some extra stuff in it and it just does what it wants. So you really got to be careful. Like, is yeah. Have you had the um, flash paper phenomenon happen to you yet, Stacey? Any weird? <laughs> oh yeah. Stuff, <laughs> uh, I was working with some. Um, basically, I was trying to do some floating dollar bill, flash dollar bill stuff, and um, levitating uh, flash dollar bills. And then my friend was like breathing fire onto it as it was levitating. Wow. But it kind of messed with uh, the levitation and it just kind of like blew back and, <laughs> you know, experimenting with fire is always, it's science, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, you know, you're should, at risk. We shouldn't be talking because you like breathe fire and eat fire. So I guess a little bit of paper isn't really a big deal, but. Yeah, you're probably just looking at us going, you stupid amateurs. Probably even <laughs> lighting my cigarette. <laughs> uh, i love flash paper it's great but yeah it's like you know if you use tape or glue it burns differently they have colored flash paper which burns differently it's, it's fun <laughs> now and I, in terms of actually seen stacy's uh instagram like uh, i scope it out by all means because there is such an abundance of actually fire effects that you do like you literally set half yourself on fire in some of these videos um <laughs> what's up with that um, I just love it. 
I, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Um, I, I get my kicks <laughs> with fire for sure. Um, but yeah, there's just so much you can do with fire. Um, I don't actually like breathe the big, you know, fireballs, but I do like, I breathe a good amount of fire. It's called like human candle and some cool mm. vapor tricks. Um, but what I love and some of my videos are fire bubbles. Um, so flammable wow. bubbles, you can just put them anywhere on your body and light them on fire. And it, it's pretty fun. <laughs> That's effectively putting a vapor inside of a bubble. So it, to the unknown eye, it's just, it's just a bubble, but then you can right. the bubble. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. So what is that called okay. again? A vapor? So that's called um, a human candle. Right. So that's the, one of the vapor tricks, yeah. Doug, you're going to be trying that next week, all right, on the podcast. <laughs> that's how we want to open this episode. But before we before we close off the, the gig story segment, is there, you know, you're in Vegas. You must have just crazy stuff. But is there one particular <laughs> story you might have from one of the Secret Circus shows or your own show or – um, I'll just tell a recent story. Um, night before last, I was just out street performing, which I haven't done in like years. And, um, basically I was just doing close up, So I wasn't doing like a big street show. I was just kind of walking around, just doing magic out of my purse. And I walked up to this group uh, of two guys and did magic for one of them, then did magic for the other one. And these showgirls, so the girls dressed in, um, you know, these elaborate showgirl costumes with sexy little bikinis on, walking around, uh, taking pictures for tourists. Um, and they walk up to try to hustle us. They're like, hey, showgirl photos. Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, it was me and my friend. She was working with me. And we're like, oh, no, no, we're working. Like, leave us alone basically because we were talking to these two guys and then the girl the other girl walks around to my friend she's like hey you guys should really get a f and like she starts being more aggressive and my friend's like we're working and then one of them looks at me she's like what do you do and i'm like oh i'm a magician out here and she's like oh well you don't have to be fucking rude and she takes a bottle of water and pours it all over me and some of it gets in my purse luckily didn't like f up my cards or any of like my good ish but i was like holy crap girl like calm your tits oh my i was like so nice to her too i was like oh you know i'm, I'm working and i was like good luck tonight like and she was just like i'm like all right sorry i have talent bye <laughs> what, wouldn't it be professional and a friggin' hack. That's what it is. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. it, you know, and I'm sure Vegas in in terms of performers is a small world. So wouldn't it just be hilarious if one day she like rocks up to audition to be in Secret Circus and you're like, ah, oh, you might not recognize me without all this water on my face. <laughs> but, um, we've, met, we've met before. Yeah. To wow. be fair, I, I think she's just a model or, you know, I don't think she's a performer, but it is what it is. Anyway. <laughs> oh, holy crap. Hi, John. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah wow. It's remarkable well, how many people think that, like, you know, when you want to do, um, you know, like a performance or you want to do some street or busking, that you could just, like, just do it. You just go out and you do it. And it's like, there's actually like legalities, for example, like you have to be registered, that type of thing here in Melbourne anyway, like we have quite, quite a decent community of buskers. Um, and 
Doc Andrew, who's my mentor, actually like helps run that like that entire realm, and they do mm. safety briefings for fire acts, and they've got all these rules, et cetera, et cetera. Do they have the same kind of thing in Vegas, or can anyone just like get off a plane, squeeze out a show, and start hatting them? Is there a rule or a license you need to get? So it depends. So there's two main places that people street perform. There's Fremont Street, Old Vegas. So if you're performing out on Fremont Street, you have to be a registered performer. And then it's kind of a lottery system. So they have designated circles throughout the, the Fremont Street. And you play the lottery the night or the day before you want to perform. And if you win the lottery, they give you one of the circles for a two-hour time slot. But if you're a registered performer and you don't win the lottery... You can actually go wait around the circle, hope that whoever won the lottery doesn't show up and just kind of sneak into that spot, first come, first serve kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of rules. Like, there's no juggling on Fremont Street. Um, yeah, there's no roller skates or anything with wheels. Um, you can't even have a dolly. Um, you can't have a hula hoop that I think is larger than 38 inches in diameter. Um, you can't have fire. Um, so it's, it's pretty crazy and it's cutthroat down there after the pandemic, they closed like half of the circles. So like people fight over that ish. It's crazy, especially the break dancers. Cause they always come in groups of like 20 and they like are vicious. Um, but it's a little bit different out on the strip. So the rules on the strip used to kind of be no street performing, but they've become very lenient with it, which is why I said, you know, I, I'm kind of getting back out there is because right now, hopefully there's not a lot of people from Vegas listening. <laughs> so right now um, you can kind of go out there on the strip. And as long as your crowd isn't blocking the walk path, you're mm -hmm. fine. Um, so right now they're not really regulating it. You don't have to have a license. You don't have to have a permit. You don't have to have anything. They're just letting people perform right now. Um, they did stop my friend. They did stop my friend because she was juggling uh, like knives. And they're like, you can't have even fake weapons out here. So she's like, okay, which is understandable because people be crazy. You know, there's certain people you do not want having knives on them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right now... Um, the strip is, seems like a fun place for me to do some street performing. Yeah, because safety is a thing. I mean, a lot of times people don't realize that, like, you can't perform against the wall because um, those who are vision impaired need it as a guide with their stick. Mm -hmm. They'll tap against the walls you walk along. So if you are up against yeah. that wall, you know, you're blocking them from getting home and or just being able to function. So that's kind of important stuff. But uh, we have a great question from my good friend Bob Possible who's asking – are there any tips for getting better chances in the lottery? I mean, people cheat the system a lot, honestly. Like, people, it's illegal to. So, you know, take this advice as you will. But, like, for example, um, a lot of people will make fake accounts. So, multiple registration names, even though you're only supposed to have one. Um, some people will, like have their friends make ones for them and they'll all try to get into the lottery. And if their friend wins, their friend will like go with them or give or let them know that they won the spot. So they can kind of wait around and hop into it because they know their friend's not going to show up. Um, so those are just a couple of things, but it's, eh, it is what it is. And what about actual um, like event wise, you know, here in Australia, Nick and I do a lot of like corporate events, private events, wedding events. Um, I guess a wedding event would be pretty different in Vegas, but 
Um, what, what's the scene like there? Are you doing much of that kind of stuff or is that not really what you're into? Um, my main thing is bachelor parties and bachelorette parties. Those are my favorites. Um, I love just, (laughs) it's so fun. I love just having that alpha female energy and a group full of men and just like making a dick appear in their hand. It's my favorite. (laughs) I have so much fun at bachelor parties and it's just dick appear in their hand. We're talking about a foam one, right? Like a sponge. Uh, well, it's not a human one. <laughs> it's magic. But, you know, um, they, they can do that when I leave. after I leave. Uh, I don't do that. <laughs> so Magic Sam, didn't you hear Nick? What? <laughs> you know, the star Magic Sam. Oh. We talked about earlier. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't even realize that's got to be an entire genre. Like how, how in the UK there's wedding magicians, mm-hmm. you know, um, bachelor magicians. But I, I do corporate events. I do weddings. I do everything. But my favorite is bachelor parties. I just love the vibe and energy. Everybody's just there to have a good time and wild. And I don't have to censor myself. I can just be my fun, obnoxious self. And what are these guys doing for a bachelor party? Are they hiring out like a like a penthouse or are they like, you know, hiring out a club or something or what? Yeah, so it's usually in a penthouse or an Airbnb or something like that. It's usually, yeah, super fun space. Wherever they can just get space to, like, not get in trouble from, like, the hotel security or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just like, (laughs) yeah, just, you know, party. (laughs) That's wild. I also realize, like, I've done a lot of these hens parties and so forth um, here. And what what I I really enjoy it because it's typically, you know, by nature, it's like we have to get a stripper. And when you... Not everyone wants that. I know that if I was going to get married one day, I don't. I don't particularly want strippers at my party. I. I don't. You know. So leaning into a magician is quite good because it's quite entertaining and fun and whatever else. But I cannot tell you how many friggin' times I've rocked up to a gig and I've gone, "Hi, I'm a magician." And everyone's just like, "Sign off, get your gear off," and I'm like, "No, no, why?" And I'm like, "Because I haven't waxed, and right now my body looks like a ham that's been rolled around a barbershop floor." And it's just not a good time. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, middle-aged drunk women are wild. (laughs) But um, sometimes I've actually had people, like there was one bachelor party event that I did that they said, we told the bachelor that we hired a stripper as a prank, but we're hiring you to do magic. I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to get there. He's going to be disappointed. I'm not showing my tits. Like, how is this going to go? Um, but he was actually, like, super relieved because he didn't want a stripper. And he's like, was really embarrassed and, like, not looking forward to it. And then when he found out I did awesome magic, he was so happy. So it, like, went really well. Oh, okay. I have a gig story. So my All first right. <laughs> my first gig I ever, ever did uh, I had my friend come with me as my assistant and, you know, I had my cute top hat on and I was wearing, you know, pants and this like um, blazer show up and it's, I was at an Airbnb. I get there and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm here for the gig. And they're like, you're early. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe we're like 10 minutes early. Do you mind if we walk around the space? See, so you know, what's a good spot to perform? And they're like, no, you're really early. 
I'm like, no, we're supposed to be here, you know, at seven o'clock. It's in the contract. You know, I'm here to do magic. And they're like, oh, we thought you were the strippers. Okay. We didn't know they hired a magician. I'm like, and that's what it's like being a female magician. (laughs) Yeah, that was my first gig ever. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) That was wild. The guys that pranked their mate to to hire you but tell them he had a stripper it's almost like a <laughs> for him it's probably relief because he doesn't want to have to tell his fiance that they hired a stripper but if they say no they hired a magician for my for my uh, bucks night bucks night we call it over here then okay. technically like you know that sounds much better <laughs> and also right, you get right. way more entertainment and you know strippers can't do you know double lifts they can't yeah, fan a deck of cards. It's think, no good. It's not as fun. Do you think that we could hire Christopher Wayne to perform at your bucks, but then he just gets his penis out? <laughs> Who, me? At mine? Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to. I ain't getting married anytime I'm pretty soon. Sure, I'm pretty sure Chris will just be there. I, I don't think. You don't have to pay him for him to do that. You just have to be friends with him. I imagine that everyone's going to get naked at your party. I, I Why is here. that happening? It's going to be I all just, dudes. Great. Because if I ask Chris and he's funny, he likes comedy and he would be like, that's a funny idea. And he's like, me, whatever funny option we'll lean into. I reckon you could probably get a choir of naked men singing you Happy Bucks Day or something. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Back, uh, back I have a guest. question. So <laughs> I understand that you are looking to. Um, Take your show. Now, It's you're going to be taking the uh, the Secret Circus to Edinburgh. Is that correct? No. So Edinburgh, I'm just doing busking, so street performing yeah. this time around. Um, I am – right. So really this is my first time ever doing it. So I just kind of want to experience it from the outside, see what other people are doing, see how the shows go, how ticket sales, like just getting the full experience in general. Um but Secret Circus, um, I haven't taken that outside of Vegas yet. Um, right now, I'm kind of figuring out. I definitely want to go on tour. Um, so I'm figuring out, you know, is Secret Circus going on tour? Is Stacey Stardust going on tour? Am I just, you know, do I do want to do I want to do my full risque show or do I want to? Do I have to do family friendly or you know can I just? you know, do a 20, 15 minute set in other people's variety shows as I travel. So right now I'm just figuring out what I want and putting together my tour uh, for next year. You know, it could be really cool if you, if you sort of got a tour lined up, you looked at a map and you went, we're going to go one, two, Mm -hmm. three, and four. And then you scope out local talents. And then that Mm -hmm. way you could basically draw upon the crowds that the local talent already have as well. That could be a really good yeah. for you as well, as opposed to so. having to travel <laughs> all around and you just sort of do what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be coming up soon. <laughs> hmm. That's just Nick's way of him trying to scout out. He's like, hey, I could be in the show. Like if you did it in Melbourne, for example, Stacey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. have to bring in friends of friends already. Because of <laughs> Does the Melbourne Magic Festival have any of that kind of act? When is the Melbourne Magic Festival? Sorry. Yeah. No, absolutely. So Melbourne Magic Festival, uh, by all means, scope it out, but it's going to be firing off in like four weeks. Uh, I'll be doing Mm, a show. Uh, 
um, it operates um, at the Arrow on Swanson, and there's a bunch of satellite venues all around, which kind of happen. Um, yeah, we'll send you some details on that one, but it is a really good opportunity that I was kind of leaning into for you to come and see not, not, not only what we do, but a great place for you to actually get your show and your character off the ground. For those of you that don't know, um, Lucy Darling, who's played That's by right. Carissa yeah. Hendricks, um, every time she, we love it because um, <laughs> she was born here. Like ah. Lucy Darling was born here in Melbourne. And so every time she comes for a festival, it's great because we have a birthday party for her. And like Lucy <laughs> wow. Darling's like four years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? So As it's in like, the character was born in Melbourne. And four. It's a beautiful time. So um, it's all, what's great about it is that it's been running for like 14 years now. So yeah. uh, it's got a lot of traction and it's super easy to sell tickets to, especially if you're an international act, which you are. So <laughs> it could be a really good opportunity for you to scope out if you want to make the flight oh. over to Melbourne Town, which is, would be totally awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. Right now, my my big goal is just to travel with my magic. That's I want to. I've never been to Australia, uh, so yeah, it sounds amazing. Now you got friends here, so that's all too good. Yay, yeah, party. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go sorry, any, go on, John. Just quickly, anywhere you go now and take your show, like you get the one cool thing that we can't do, which is you can say Stacy Stardust direct from Vegas. We oh, can't do so that. Cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny, Nick K from Clifton Hill. <laughs> I think it sounds great. <laughs> oh, well, you, can, you can say you're from Bris Vegas, right, Josh? Bris Vegas? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That does that sound cool? Probably. Kind of mm. has the same mystique. International performer. <laughs> we'll just stick with that. Yeah. 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 Um, Bob's asking, do you have any advice for someone looking to start their own variety show? Yeah, I think the the I mean, there's a couple of things there. Um, the biggest thing is, I think, or the hardest part, I would say, is getting tickets sold. So you can have an amazing show, but if you don't have butts in those seats, then doesn't matter. So you need to be really good at marketing. And to be good at marketing takes a lot. So basically, one key to being great at marketing is networking. So if you're trying to have a variety show, um, you know, maybe reaching out to local circus schools or um, maybe go out to where you you find street performers in your city, um, you know, connect on Facebook groups, um, go to local events that are similar or open mics, um, just really get out there in the community and make friends with everybody, make yourself known. Um, if you're a performer yourself, um, you know, perform at these places and let people know that you're supporting their stuff so that they want to come support your stuff. Um, so a lot of it comes down to, to networking. And then um, like here in Vegas, we have something called First Friday, which is where all the local artists come and hang out. So sometimes I'll go down to First Friday, do some close up magic, hand out some flyers, meet new people that way. So, yeah, the biggest thing I think is networking and marketing and, yeah, just getting to know people who are variety artists and meow. <laughs> so that's really good advice because, like, we have the, the NICA Circus School, which is, like, the National Institute of Circus Arts, I think is the mm. acronym. Um, and we have that here, which is great because 
a lot of the, my friends that I've you know, made over the years were all either students there. They either studied magic or a form of circus, whether it be like adagio or, or juggling or acro, whatever it might be. So it's really good if you can set up friendships in those sort of realms, like the schools, like you said, so that when people have an act that they need to try out, they can come and do that because part of the curriculum is that they have to develop an act, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a really good opportunity to do that. And also just keeping a database of that as well, where you just start, every time you add an, like have an act, make a list and have it growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. If, you have, if you have five acts every week or every month, you know, at the end of the year, you, like you do the math, you'll have 60 acts. Um, and then obviously you only need five each time. So if somebody pulls mm-hmm. out, you can just look through your list of your contacts and go, oh, let's get Bob Possible. Boom, he can do it. Let's get Josh Navito. Boom, yeah. he can do it. So yeah, so yeah like, Database is great. Like what I use is Google Forms. So it's free. It's called Mm. Google Forms. So you just create a Google Form. So I have a performer application. So people can just go to the Instagram. They see the application form, fill it out. So, you know, people have a way to keep that organized. You hear that, Bob Possible? Bob Possible. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You know, hopefully the show, don't don't give him ideas, all right? Um, No, we love Bob. Hopefully that your show, I don't know, you know, you'll be off touring next year and things like that, but mm-hmm. Nick and I plan, and a, a few of us Australians plan to go to Magic Live. In oh, Vegas. cool. So it'd be, if the, if the dates work out that we can actually come and see the show, that would be just too perfect. But Yeah, you know, I'm figuring, out, figuring August out. So I'm definitely going to be here for Magic Live, but then the rest of August is Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So I'm figuring mm-hmm. out. I mean, either way, I'm probably still going to produce my show. I just might have somebody host it, which I've done a few times. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, nice. Well, we're, we're, we're probably planning for next year. Okay, okay. But it's still going to be in August, right? So, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I, if you would have asked me three years ago if I was going to be a magician, I would have said, no. <laughs> what? That's weird. So who knows we'll, what will be in a year. <laughs> yeah, true. What, what were your perceptions of magicians before – actually discovering it yourself oh so i mean most of my (laughs) so basically until i was about like 21 from i thought magicians were really lame because i'd only seen bad magic i'm like oh those are like clowns losers like magic's lame um then (laughs) i met some magicians and realized that was true no um (laughs) (laughs) and that's all we have for the podcast everyone thanks for coming and uh we don't you know we all sit in our magic uh you know magic meetings we're like yeah we're really cool check out but you know it's great to hear just gosh lairs that's right they're magic lairs i forgot your mum put the sign on your yeah that's right the basement door (laughs) so cute right right. (laughs) that's adorable um yeah so yeah then uh i dated a guy who happened to be a magician and he was really good and it gave me a whole new perspective of magic i'm like wow this is legit. Magic's pretty dope. And so, you know, that's kind of how I got around magic or saw a lot of magic. But the crazy part is like when we were together, I wasn't interested in knowing how anything worked. I wasn't interested in learning magic. I had no interest in magic. I just thought it was really cool and amazing. Mm -hmm. Then after we broke up a couple of years later, I got into magic. So interesting, but yeah. 
And now you are the competition. Mwahaha. Mwahaha. There is only yeah, one wow. of me. <laughs> yeah. So that's all it takes, guys. If, if um, someone doesn't like magic, they just have to date a magician. Um, hmm. well, convert I'd like to, like to address that, like, um, I mean, women in magic, like, it's certainly something we could do with a lot more of. And we, it, it's a very fellow-centric sort of industry, you know, <laughs> too many dudes in the equation. Have you found any hurdles that you've had to overleap being a female in this realm um, that you'd like to sort of share or maybe just like a, in any a little message to the female listeners, perhaps? Yeah, I think um, the hurdles that I've had to go through is people not caring about the magic. They just want to get my phone number and talk to me and they just like don't allow me to show them anything. Um, I know. Some guys are kind of intimidated that I have a talent because you know they're like mm. oh you you should just be pretty and oh my gosh no like you shouldn't be like more talented than me or it's this weird like ego thing with some guys um but for the most part being female has a lot of advantages um uh, that's just me being honest um you know being a female like i've gone to corporate gigs and did magic for people and they're like holy shit you're awesome like to be honest i didn't expect you to be good <laughs> and i'm like thanks thanks <laughs> um so the, the expectation's a lot lower as a female um which is kind of sad and it makes me sad because you know, we should have the same standards because it's just going to push us to have to work harder, to have to be as great uh, of a magician as anyone else. Um, are you going to support from like the magic community? Like, you know, uh, do, do you do you go to something like the underground and you see Bizarro or or any of those cats and they're kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, like, I'll help you with that. Like, is there. Are you getting? Oh, uh, you mentioned Bizarro. Bizarro is like one of my best friends. I love Bizarro. He's actually been like more of a mentor to me than anybody else in the community. He is just mm -hmm. like the dopest, sweetest, most amazing human. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I've definitely gotten a lot, a lot of support. Um, I guess the only people who I've gotten kind of like not so much support from or maybe older more misogynistic um magicians who i think are just jealous to be honest they're like oh a young pretty girl is getting more attention than this male dominated industry because they're a female or whatever but i don't see a lot of that it is there um but a lot, most people are just super supportive and they want to see a female actually do good because, like I said, the standard's a lot lower. And I've seen a lot, a lot of most, I've said most female magicians are bad. Not all of them. But then if I look at magic in general, most magicians are bad. So it's kind of like the ratios are just different. Um, there's just a lot of bad magic in general in this world. Um but I, I don't know. It just makes me want to try that much harder. I'm like, okay, I want to, I, you know, be great. <laughs> One thing I will say about female magicians that um, saddens me when I say this is that uh, I've, I've met a lot of them in the past, especially as they're young and coming up. I really try to help, you know, the female magicians flourish and to stay in the realm, in the realm of magic. But they don't tend to stick around. They eventually just kind of fall off and stop doing magic. So my question to you is, are you in for the long haul? Are you going to be a magician <laughs> for the foreseeable future? Oh, a thousand percent. Um, I think 
what happens with that is they realize that magic is hard. Magic is extremely hard. Don't get me wrong. There's beginner magic, of course, and there's magic for everybody. There's self-working things. Um, but to be great, you know, there's so much to it. It's like, you know, where are you move, moving forward with your arm and looking this way and remembering the person's name and remembering this person's card, remembering this person's number while you're doing this sneaky move. There's just so much to it and just mm. being present and personable. And um, so the thing is, they don't have the passion. They want the skill because magic's dope but they don't actually enjoy sitting there fidgeting with cards and spending hours alone and um really doing what it takes to become great and i like i said when i become obsessed with something i put a thousand percent into it and right now that obsession is magic and i've only been doing magic um for about, you know, right before the pandemic. So it's like, what, three and a half years, maybe. Wow. And in three and a half years, you know, I have, I've almost had my own show for a year now. I'm now trying to travel. And it's, it's my love. It's I'm not to quitting anytime soon. I we know magic. That. That's amazing. M you know, magic still needs its um, uh, female TV magician icon. You know, I, I think there's still room for someone to do that mm. you know we've had dynamo step up and you know david blaine but there hasn't been that female icon for people to to look up to yet who knows That's absolutely yeah. i have a question regarding yeah. um uh, uh costuming and so forth so i'm someone who performs magic that is very deeply um influenced by like my tailors like my one of the most favorite people in the whole world and a lot of the magic i achieve is because i can customize my suits to do what I need them to do when you perform well ladies clothes typically don't even have pockets so how like do you perform in a tux are you in a beautiful dress what's your swagger what's your swagic Hashtag yes. Magic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, when I'm doing like a close up gig, like a bachelor party, for example, I usually have cut off sleeves and a skirt and with no pockets and everything comes out of my purse. So I actually have like a purse that goes across my chest so that I can easily grab stuff or ditch stuff as needed. So it's kind of like a pocket, but I love just showing up to gigs with cut off sleeves and a purse. Like it's not a huge purse. It's a pretty small purse. People are like, where, people are like, where's all your stuff? I'm like, I'm real magic. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Very disarming. Um, Faye yeah. Presto does that as well. I had the pleasure of meeting Faye Presto when I was in the UK and she took me to some of her residencies and she operates out of her handbag as well. And it's cool. brilliant. Like yeah. it's so convenient. Yeah. And yeah, so like even my, doing that too. Like even my stage show, I just come up, put my purse down, and everything throughout the show comes out of my purse. It's just Mary it's my, Poppins that shit. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love uh, it. Yeah. You could fully work that, you know, have an appearing ladder come out of there, you know, right, really yeah. play it up. Nick, we're going to have to start performing with our purses soon because that just sounds like... <laughs> Stop stealing my ideas! Is it Gucci? I'm like, where is my purse? Oh, here it is. No, it's... Uh... So this is my little purse. Um, so it oh, used to have a little clasp right here, which I need to get remade, but it just kind of looks like a little medicine bag, like doctor bag. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, yeah, it stays yes. open, which is nice because it's got like the hard top. Yeah. Murphy's magic. 
<laughs> you know, um, with the bags. So it's not like a long one. It's like a clutch purse. Is that what that was? Yeah, it's just like a little, little handbag. But the top stays open so that I can easily grab and put stuff away, which is nice. I can see Nick's <laughs> brain just firing off ideas now. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, on my stage show, I do that. But for my stage show, since it is a variety show, I change my costume like five different times. So basically between each performer, when I go backstage, I do a quick costume change and then I come out and it just gets more elaborate and elaborate throughout the show. Um, so that's a fun, fun thing. I just, one, I love costumes. That's probably one thing I'm envious of being able to do like the costume changes that you have, because you kind of need a certain body type to be able to achieve <laughs> the, the, the quick changes effectively. And it's not the easiest thing for a man to achieve without the particular aesthetics or, uh, I don't know, sculpting required. Um, yeah, because they're just so cool to do like those quick changes and stuff. Do you do a quick change? Is it something you actually? I, I don't yet, but it's something I've been thinking about because right now it's easy to do costume changes because I have so many people on my show. But when I travel, you know, it's going to be solo. Um, well, I'm still figuring that out, so I don't know. But it would just be more convenient uh, to be able to do a quick change. Yeah. Um, and not have to rely on somebody else being on stage and all of that. Imagine yeah. that. Like, you're not even doing it for the purpose of a routine. Like, it's just for the purpose of I'm doing my next piece of magic, so I need to be wearing a different thing. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Like, I love characters. And not like, I don't do, like, full-on characters like Lucy Darling. But it's just, like, I don't know. I, so when my style is basically me being me, like before magic and before circus arts in general, I used to be a professional cosplay uh, artist. And oh, so really? I would, yeah. So I used to sew and pattern make and like make my weapons and all that. And so I just, I love, you know, wearing different color contacts and different wigs and just hmm. being different. Like what you wear affects how you feel and how you act a little bit, whether you want it to or not, or believe it or not. It, um, blondes have more fun. No. Um, so basically I, I love, and as a kid, I loved playing dress up. And so that's just a part of my personality. I'm like, you guys like my new dress. Isn't it cute? Oh, this is my, you know, I just like, I'm such a ham. <laughs> you got to um, have fun, right? If, if anything, you got to make sure that's how you have longevity in magic is you keep having fun doing this mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like you're doing that. And look, before we wrap up, and we keep chatting off air. Is there any anything you want to leave the magic world with? I mean, you've shared a lot, you know. Magicians, stop being boring, okay? Um, but otherwise, any sentence you want to leave them with before we dive off this episode? Yeah, I'll just say this. Um, the biggest, biggest advice that I would bring to the table is, or my quote that I like to say is, believe in your magic, because the power of magic is the power of the mind. And if you believe something's true, if you believe in yourself, that's the only way you can achieve anything. So it's just, you know, believe in your magic and it will be magical. So, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Look, Stacy's details are in the link below. We're going to keep chatting off air, but we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now.
But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. Magic Guys.